0: This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday the 13th. It's not, is it? Ah, hope your day was okay. Are you superstitious? Yes, I am. I will not walk under a ladder for no money. Saying that, I also wave at magpies and don't walk on the cracks in the pavement. Hmm. I never knew this about Friday the 13th. Apparently, we do change our behaviour on this day to avoid bad luck. Sailors have avoided starting voyages on Friday the 13th for centuries. Some hotels don't have a 13th floor. And here's something I found out today. The car-carrying Princess Diana, when she died in 1997, crashed into the 13th pillar of a Paris tunnel you see you learn stuff on this podcast it really is an education so how was your week yes we're on episode 50 for this Friday the 13th (laughs) alright enough of that how was your week though is it okay did you celebrate National Burger Day yesterday maybe you had a burger from your favourite takeaway or eatery here in Clonmel where is that by the way who does the best burgers in town let me know we allegedly had a meteor shower over Clomel on Wednesday night, yesterday morning. I don't know about you, I know I did post this on Facebook, but I couldn't see nothing and I was out at 5 o'clock in the morning, looking to the skies. There was nothing there, except clouds of course, so I couldn't see nothing at all. There was also a burst water main on the Feathered Road during the week, affecting the supply of water in houses around the area auditions took place for the upcoming musical hunchback of notre dame in october did you take part in those how did it go i really want to do a bad impression of quasimodo here but no i I won't inflict that on you well done to all of you who contributed to the clonmel tnr cat food appeal last saturday at the poppy fields mary was overwhelmed with the response so well done there that's great Deals in town were also being generous by donating biscuits and chocolates to family carers in Clonmel. Nice one deals. Clonmel also said sadly goodbye to Canon Barber Friday from the old St Mary's Church in Mary Street who retired today after 15 years. And what about the mural that appeared? on the side of Marnie Restaurant in Nelson Street during the week. It's called Tread Softly by the very talented Jonathan Lynn from Canvas Street Arts. Wow. I was driving down Parnell Street and the first bit I could see was the top of the, is it the red umbrella at the top? I'm thinking, well, what, what is that? And then the rest appeared as the week went on. Absolutely amazing. All right, what's coming up this week? Well, it's Clonmel's Wild Geese feature where I chat to people from the town who have moved away this month or off to Canada. and Paddy Slater from Griffith Avenue will be having a chat with me. Also on this episode, catalytic converter thieves strike in town, more scams, live music this weekend. The winner of our Annie's Hair Salon 50 euro voucher competition is announced. It could be you. More jobs to tell you about and lots more. The More Podcast. Clonmill Apple Applefest are having a Heritage and Biodiversity Day at Dennisburg Park on Saturday, August the 21st from 11am to 4pm. There is so much going on here. Well worth a visit. There'll be music making, river bug hunting, willow weaving, bunting making. Tell you what, if you go to Clonmill Apple Applefest's Instagram and Facebook pages, you'll get all the information on there for you. EMTS Training Solutions in town are holding a first aid responder course. It's happening from Monday the 23rd to Wednesday the 25th of August. More details on their Facebook page. Lots going on at the end of the month with the Clonmel Pride Festival and we'll have more on this next week with Gerard Sweetman. In the meantime, next Monday, the 16th of August, the Pride flag will be raised at the Tipperary University Hospital at 2pm and on Friday the 20th, the flag will be raised at Tip County Council and the Mayor will launch the Clonmel Pride Festival. It looks like the catalytic converter thieves are doing the rounds again with some stolen from cars in Clonmel during the week. Four guys in a blue Skoda are believed to be involved in these thefts. Any information, please, to the Clonmel Guardi on 05261 77640. The dreaded scams are still with us more than ever, it seems, with quite a few having been reported to the guards in the last couple of weeks, including an incident where a person in Clonmel was robbed of €20,000 by clicking on the text message giving fraudsters access to their account when they thought it was from their banking institution. Please remember, if you're unsure, contact your bank and don't click on the link or give out any account details. A pairs Remembrance Walk to mark Suicide Prevention Day takes place on Friday, September 10th at 10am at the Convent Bridge. More details on the Clonmel Remembrance Walk Facebook page. The Beaches Restaurant at the Clonmel Garden Centre opens next Wednesday, the 18th of August and will be open from Wednesday to Sunday thereon. Do you like going up to the Garden Centre? Now, how about some entertainment this weekend? Oh, yes, Hotel Manila have their summer concerts with Super Solar Machine and The Rains playing this coming Sunday, the 15th of August. Tickets are €30. More details on their Facebook page, and you can contact the hotel to book your ticket too. Clonacody House of Entertainment 2 with Robert Power on Saturday and Mary Coughlin on Sunday. Tickets are 30 euros. Music on the Mountain Kill Cash on Instagram and Facebook have all the details there for you and also how you can purchase tickets. Now, this is a great idea. We all love World Jumping in town. And yes, I did make a promise to go there to try it out on a previous podcast. And I will fulfill that promise very soon. Trust me, I'm already in talks with Editor to sort that out. In the meantime, they have new Zumbini classes coming very soon to World Jumping Clonmel that you and your baby will love. More details on the World Jumping Clonmel Facebook page. Have a look now well, after the podcast, obviously, and check that out. It's so cool. I suppose this had to happen at some stage. An objection to the new Little store has been lodged with Tipperary County Council. Some nearby residents are citing noise pollution due to heavy machinery, dust, debris over a long period of time, and also traffic disruption during construction. There is also concerns over noise from the Little refrigeration plant when built. Lighting and increased traffic at the old Chadwick's and Nationalist buildings. Now, got any old clothes lying around at home? Because they could earn you some money. Cash for clothes at the Ormond Centre in Thomas Street will give you €8 for a 10kg bag of clothes. That's roughly about a bin bag size. Check out their Facebook page for more details on that. I think I have some 80s cast-offs up in the attic. Flared jeans, shell suit, leather pants... (laughs) Hang on, no. <laughs> I meant to say leather tie, not leather pants. Me leather pants, not a good look. Leather tie, they were all the rage back in the 80s, those thin little leather ties. Anyway, check out Cash for Clothes Facebook page for more details on that. Leather pants. Mm. All right, let's see what's happening job-wise this week. Nagel's Bar in Kilshelen are hiring, looking for bar staff, kitchen staff, no experience necessary. You can email your CV and cover letter to nagelskilsheelan at gmail.com. Busy Bees, pre and after school service in town, are looking for a driver, must have a full clean driver's license and Garda vetting will be required. You can email your CV to vanessa at busybeesclonmail.com. Edinburgh Woolen Mills at the Showground Shopping Centre are looking for a sales assistant part-time. Drop your CV into the store or email Caroline Cronin at hotmail.com. New Look in Clonmel are looking for a sales advisor, i.e.indeed.com slash jobs have the details there for you. An office administrator is wanted at James Whelan Butchers, ie.indeed.com. Again, have the details there for you. Kevin O'Leary, car sales, are looking for a receptionist administrator. More details on jobs.ie there. Nador Wellness Centre at the Button Market are looking for self-employed therapists to join their team. More details on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Mazzoni's Pizza in Town are looking to hire someone who can serve customers, help with food prep, and do the odd delivery or two. Must be a car owner. You can drop your CV into the takeaway or email mazzonipizzaclonmail at gmail.com. And finally, the Clonmel Park Hotel are hiring. They're looking for a receptionist, bar staff, kitchen porter. Beauty Spa Therapist, more details on their Facebook page. If you would like to advertise a job on The Clonmel Podcast, it's free of charge. All you have to do is email Podcast at gmail.com. Now, it's competition time, and to celebrate the fact that we are one year old this month, we are giving away a prize every week for the month of August. This week, it's our second prize, and we have a 50-euro voucher to give away to Annie's Hair Salon, Queen Street, Clonmel. Mill. You can book an appointment on 52 61 27335 And the winner of the 50-euro voucher is you, Marguerite Maroney. Marguerite Maroney in Clon Mill. Well done. That 50 euro voucher for Annie's hair salon is yours. And we'll have another prize to give away next week. But right now, it's time for this week's interview. And it's our Clonmel's Wild Geese feature where I speak to people from the town who have moved away to other parts of the world. And right now, it's time to talk to Paddy Slater in Vancouver, Canada.
1: The Clonmel podcast.
0: Paddy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Very glad to be here. And thank you for inviting me, Mark.
0: It's a pleasure to to have you. When did you leave Clonmel, Paddy? I left Clonmel
1: in 72 to go to college in Dublin. Of course, I get back fairly often, but I was in Ireland for four years, but mostly in Dublin. But then I went to Belgium for a year, back to Ireland to Galway, and then I finally left Ireland for good uh, in 1978.
0: 1978. What was Clonmel like when you left it?
1: It was a little bit depressed, like most of Ireland was at the time from an economic point of view. Uh, you know, we didn't yet have most of the big employers that have come there since. We were reliant on on Bulmers. And I think Merck maybe was just about coming there by then when my sister worked. Uh, but Ireland generally and, and Mell indeed was affected by that. If, if I remember correctly, Mark, the unemployment rate might have been in the mid-teens. So Prospects weren't great, and the world was not just Clamell and Ireland, but the world was heading into a, a big recession, 1980, 81. I think we just had the beginnings of that around then. So things were slowing down, but they, they turned around quickly.
0: And whereabouts in the town are you from?
1: We, I grew up in Griffith Avenue. I, I was born down by the friary, but we moved quickly to Griffith Avenue, which was the biggest estate uh, in Clamell at the time. And then we stayed there for about 12 years. Then my dad had the good fortune of inheriting... Is my granddad's house down on Davis Road uh, opposite the the old Showgrounds, and now the shoregrounds shopping centre. And what school did you go to? Went to Christian Brothers, both the primary school and then the, the secondary school. And again, I, you know, it was funny, Mark, because every time I'd be getting near the end of a particular school, they'd build a new school just as I was leaving. So <laughs> they, they built a new school for the primary just as the, the last year we were there. Then they built a new school for the secondary. Uh, I think we were in there just for a year. Uh, and even when I went to college in Trinity, uh, they they were building new buildings just as I was leaving. So I think it seems like I only ever got a year or two in the new building.
0: Happy school days for you, Paddy, as well. Oh, yeah. I had wonderful, wonderful memories.
1: I had some great teachers and we had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, recently, you you'll you know, of course, very well that God bless him, Tom Ambrose, uh, the councillor and yeah. mayor, former mayor, Died, And Tom was an English teacher of mine, and one of the best and probably the best teacher I ever had. And I have very, very fond memories of such a dedicated teacher and a dedicated uh, civilian as well and citizen.
0: That's so lovely. So Tom Ambrose was your English teacher. He was indeed. And and in fact, I, I would
1: say Tom and my two parents were the three people most responsible for my love of poetry.
0: Now we're going to come back to your love of poetry at the end of the podcast. You have a lovely poem, which you've uh, written as well, which I look forward to hearing. In the meantime, well, where, where where did a young Paddy Slater hang about when he was a school kid?
1: Two or three places, partner, Uh Definitely up on what we call the backfield uh, behind Griffith Avenue. I'll get to that in a minute, but before we ever had the backfield, like a lot of kids in those days, we used to play on the street. And we played football, mostly soccer on the street between the gates, but the neighbors got tired of us bashing down their flowers and they'd be complaining. I'm not, a very, a very odd neighbor now, not, not very commonly, but occasionally a neighbor would complain to the guard. The guard would ignore them mostly, but now and again, I suppose they had to show face and, and they'd come up and they'd chase us off. In fact, there was a copper, uh, as we used to call him, lived on uh, further up the Avenue called Copper Whelan. And he was back in the old days when cops still had bikes yeah, and they biked around the town. So he would come down and give us a token chase, but he, he was already getting at an advanced <laughs> age, so he couldn't do much. And it was, only, it was only when the squad car would come up and scatter us occasionally uh, that we would be really frightful and off we'd go. But anyway, my dad got tired of the kids being chased off and the neighbors' complaints. So he mobilized the, uh, the local youth to uh, form a committee. And then ultimately, we converted the, the, what was known as the backfield, a very badly sloping, unusable field. Uh, into a level playing field, and we played there countless times. So that would be where we'd hang out the most. And then I know you like the wildy yourself, Mark. Mm. And uh, and When we weren't playing football, we'd be off out to the wildy for a bit of adventure.
0: The wildy, of course, where many kids around the area would have played. What are your fondest memories of the wildy?
1: Just the sheer wildness of it. The the beauty of of Griffith Avenue, and indeed Clamell overall, is that you're no sooner out your back front door. In fact, our case, the back door, we we backed onto a field called Jock Carroll's Field. I'm not sure if that's been developed now or not, but Jock Carlsfield was another place we'd hang out for the odd game, but he didn't like us playing there either. So he chased us off and sometimes to run away from him and escape from him, we'd go over the fence onto the, into the railway yard. And then we'd head right off out to the Wildey. And the Wildey was only about maybe a half a mile or at most a mile out the rail tracks. And uh, just a wildness, we used to play gangs, and we used to capture each other and cowboys and Indians and all the all the classical innocent, but very fun children stuff.
0: And of course, a dangerous place as well, being by the railway lines, isn't it, Paddy?
1: Indeed, it is, Martin. You hit on something that's—I can't call it a fond memory. I, I, well, maybe with some distance, I can, but more of a harrowing, harrowing memory. Um, and maybe as a seven or eight-year-old, we were chasing across the tracks one day, and I maybe awkwardly or clumsily got my right foot caught under the rail maybe I had, I had something about my shoes or something but for a mo- for a temporary moment or two but it felt like longer i couldn't get my my foot out and lo and behold wasn't there a big train screeching into Clan Mel. And indeed they did have to break and i had this abiding memory of a large train coming at me and of course when you're a kid mm. things look bigger than than what you might think they are and uh, i was absolutely terrified but i got anyway i got my foot free but uh, I went home very sheepishly. My dad knew the train master, uh, I think it was a man called Mr. Wynn, Billy Wynn's father. And he mentioned to my dad that there were some kids playing up on the railway tracks and it was a, a close incident. Did he know anything about it? And of course my dad put two and two together past because he had seen me behaving sheepishly. And he asked me, and of course, eventually I fessed up and, and, uh, uh, anyway, all all's well that ends well. There was no bad consequences, but I certainly was uh, was reluctant to go there for a short while after.
0: And did you ever get back to the wildy when you'd come over?
1: I did indeed, yeah. And of course, uh, even out that direction now, there's some at least out beyond it, there's some development. Uh, but still, what surprised me, uh, it wasn't quite as badly overgrown as I've heard uh, it, it recently. But even then, the the railway station had already stopped being used, and I believe it's even worse now. So I, I do go out there, but. Not as In fact, thank you for the reminder because I think the next visit, and hopefully that will be soon enough, I'll have to go out there.
0: Do you know what we'll do? We'll both meet up and go out there. How's that?
1: I'd love to do that, Mark. Yeah, you could you could point me in the right direction because I might get lost out there. In this day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned playing soccer there. Were you involved in any soccer teams in town at all, Paddy?
1: I I, I was at a, I I was a very studious student, I'd say, Mark, and I I spent more time in the books than playing soccer, although I rarely missed a game when we lived in Griffith Avenue up in the backfield. But by the time we went down to my granddad's house, and I I was actually slow growing. I was one of the smallest guys in my class. So while I was decent enough, I was never of the standard of, i say, Baba Kiley and Dermot Power, my older brother Morris and and John Howlett, who were a, a, a fine class of player. Indeed, the talent up there, Mark, was so good that I believe that nine of the 11 players who went on to the semi-final of the All-Ireland Minor, un- under 18, I think it was, mm. uh, nine of those 11 players were from Griffith Avenue or just one or two streets off Griffith Avenue. That's no a good way,
0: really. Was. That's a great achievement, yeah. isn't
1: it? Yeah, and indeed, three of them, uh, Martin quinn Levin, who was a very good goalkeeper, Bob O'Kiley, who was a fantastic goal scorer, and my older brother Morris, who was a good fullback, and went on to play uh, for Waterford, as indeed th- those two did as well. He also went over, my brother did, went over to America and played for the North American Soccer League, what was then the NASL, back in the New York Cosmos days. He played for Washington Diplomats. So wow. this uh, three guys did very, very well out of that.
0: That's fantastic. Now, what about work-wise? What sort of jobs did you have when you were younger? Maybe part-time jobs or going on to full-time work?
1: Well, you know, I was I was reading through one of those Clan Mel memories and everything Clan Mel Facebook pages recently, and I saw a link to Bulmers, and it brought back such wonderful memories. Mark picking black currants, you know, and all the all the things I remembered were there. Such as, you know, some of us struggled to pick four or five buckets in a day, whereas other guys were good enough to pick seven and eight. But I, I think I didn't know some of the tricks, and some of the tricks were putting crab apples halfway down the bucket, or some of the guys allegedly even. Pissed into the buckets, would you believe it?
0: No, uh, what? So I,
1: I'm, I'm not so sure I'd be drinking Ribena any day soon.
0: <laughs> and did you work anywhere else in town?
1: I did, yeah, of course. I, I, I would. Early on days, I would work with my dad down uh, in, in Slater Brothers Printers on Davis Road. And they would do, for example, they would do the show programme for the Clamwell Horse Show. And they also did uh, some race cards around the country. The one I remember best was Mallow Races, so that was a big production. And of course, uh, there'd be a bit of extra work there for for the lads to go in and do. So we joined join my aunts and my dad and my uncles and work away there. So that was great for a few years. And then another place not too far from there was Barlow's. I don't know if there's, I don't believe they're still there making the, the radiators, but they had a big radiator factory. And I remember working there with Jim O'Shea of the, of the same area. And uh, that was quite dangerous because now and again you'd have radiators swinging off hooks. And if they were badly painted and, and the hooks had too much paint on them, now and again, a radiator might fall off and crack you on the head.
0: Yeah, Barlow radiators in town, that was a a, a big employer for many people, wasn't it, here in Clonmill?
1: They, they were indeed, yeah. And uh, I remember the day I got my leading shirt results, Mark, I was sweeping the floor down there, proper way to humble a man. And uh, my mum my comes down, I guess she was all excited, wanted to give me my leaving cert results. And they were half decent. So I'm thinking to myself, just why, why am I sweeping the floor in Barlow's? But uh, five minutes later, I was back to work and, and more humility. And so it should be.
0: How many years were you in Barlow's for, Paddy?
1: Well, these are just short-term jobs. and These are just summer jobs. Ah, perfect. Uh, the only job I had in Ireland, to be honest, of a long-term nature, it wasn't even in Clamella, it was in Galway. When I worked with Wrangler, he used to make shirts of all things up in Galway, not jeans, but shirts. Mm. And I worked up there for a year, and that was the last year I spent in Ireland before I headed off to Canada.
0: Now, let's talk about that. What brought you to Canada?
1: I had been over here as a student. Of course, like all students, you're trying to make money. So I came over to Canada one summer with a friend of mine, and we were picking tobacco in Ontario, one of the toughest. I thought picking black urns in the, in the heat of Clan Mel was tough, but picking Tobacco from 6 a.m. in the morning in the sweltering heat of southern Ontario. That was a tough job. So uh, that was my first introduction to Canada, Mark. And luckily, at the end of the season, which lasted about seven weeks, we had a chance to visit across some of Canada, and we did, which was great. And I had had a friend from college, a Dublin lad, Terry Wickham, who had come over here because one of his family was already here. And he kept inviting me back to join him. And so eventually, a year later, after being away in Belgium for a year, and my year in, in Galway... Uh, I think the job I had in Galway didn't really suit me and there weren't any great prospects so I said I'd try Canada for a short time and see what it was like and I've been here ever since the friendship uh through college and of course we played we played football together and when I came over to Calgary then which was the first place I came to in Canada for on a permanent basis there were many Irish lads playing soccer so you immediately had a circle of friends and that made it very easy to settle in
0: and can I ask what you did or are doing in Canada
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I started out in in credit management, which was uh, remotely connected, I suppose you could say, to my economics degree. Uh, But then I I didn't really fancy that very much. And I went back to school for a while to do journalism. I always liked a bit of writing. Mm. So I did journalism. And uh, after that, got a job uh, working for a couple of magazines. But that quickly morphed into a soccer job, actually. Uh, At the time, the North American Soccer League had come to Calgary. And there was, it was a professional league, and they were looking for a marketing manager and a, and a media relations manager. So that job landed in my lap, so to speak. And I, I went with that for a while. Lo and behold, that was short of it because it was run by a millionaire who went bankrupt. Oh. So I was back out in the street again very shortly. And from there on, I worked in marketing in the education and the arts, worked for the Calgary Centre for Performing Arts for a few years, uh, then worked at City Hall. Right, doing occasional speech writing for the mayor and some of the counsellors, among other things, and eventually decided that uh, while these jobs were, were fun, I wasn't earning much money. So I, I'd always had an interest in, in investing. So eventually, Mark, I got into investing. That's what I've been doing most of my life now for the last 30 years or so. And that was certainly my, my most lucrative and most rewarding career.
0: Could you ever see yourself, Paddy, moving back to Clonmel?
1: In the early years, certainly, Mark, because, you know, you, you get homesick. But mm. Canada, I have to be honest, has been so good to me. I've got lovely memories of Clam and I always wish Clam and Aaron the very best and delighted to see it do so well during the Celtic Tiger and eventually recover from the from the downfall in 2007, 2008, which hit over here too. But to answer your question directly, Mark, it's, it's unlike, you know, I have a lovely sweetheart here. Mm. She's from Vancouver. Uh, her family are here. I'm well settled in, and, and indeed, you know, there's a there's a growing Irish community here in Vancouver. Uh, I was it was sizable when I arrived here in 2003 after moving from Calgary, but since then, there's been two or three waves of emigration, and indeed, the, the Irish Embassy, uh, the Irish Foreign Office, I guess, set up uh, a new consulate here in Vancouver, recognizing the size of the population here and wanting to make uh, take advantage of the connections. And there's a consul here called Frank Flood, I believe he's from Dublin, who's been doing a very good job linking everybody together and linking the Irish in Vancouver back to the Irish in Canada, including a chamber. Sorry, the Irish in Clonmel, I should say, excuse me. And there's now a Chamber of Commerce, which is making connections as well. So a lot of good things happening.
0: It certainly sounds like that as well. What do you miss most about Clonmel, Paddy?
1: You know, beyond family, Mark, I'd have to say the landscape and not ju- not just Clonmel directly, which has got beautiful land. I mean, mm. I've, I've always loved the outdoors. Uh, I'm, I'm a great keen hiker. And so some of the hikes through the Cumber Mountains and the Knockmeal Downs and even the Galties occasionally, uh, I would miss those a lot because I just love the outdoors. I was a, boy, a keen Boy Scout in Clonmel. Were you? I used to go up to you know, up to Glenary and, and Carey's Castle, which are still favorite walks for a lot of people I know. And uh, I know the Holy Cross is a popular hike in Clam I love that hike too and, and continue on into Glenar. In fact, recently, besides the poem which I might read for you later on in, in the in this session, Mark, I wrote a poem about a hike to Outer to Glenary and it just brought back some lovely, lovely memories.
0: And you mentioned Slater's Printers there. That was your father's business? That's
1: right. My my father and my two uncles, my uncle Matt, who, by the way, was also a mayor long before Michael, of course, Michael Murphy, that is. Mm. Uh, my uncle Matt was a mayor back in 61 and 64 and maybe one other time, I think. He was the older brother. He was the majority owner. And then my uncle Ed up on Stephen Amon Road and my father Morris, or Mossy as some people used to call him, they were, uh, three of them were partners. And, of course, in the typical Irish way, the daughters Never really got his share because back in those years, I guess it was a sort of a patriarchal society. But they worked there too. My Aunt Bridget and my Aunt May, who's the mother of Frank Patterson, the famous tenor from Clanmel. Wow. And, um, and my Aunt um, Kitty Murphy, who is the mother of um, Michael, the, the mayor. Mm. And God bless her, just passed away there in the last year or two.
0: When was Slater's Printers actually established?
1: I believe it was in the 50s. Um, my dad used to tell me stories, Mark, of working for the sporting press which is down the other other side of the street and, and right close to Barlow's, maybe, again, maybe long since begun. My, my dad used to, he told me the fun story of, uh, he was a, what he called a Greyhound correspondent. Now, that wouldn't have been his full time job, I don't think, but he hmm. loved the Greyhounds, as did my Uncle Matt, who raised Greyhounds. And my dad was a, a Greyhound correspondent of all things, as well as a linotype operator. And he wrote a column for the Greyhound Press. And that column was under the name of Rettles, R-E-T-A-L-S, which, of course, is Slater, spelled backwards. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> but but the family were so fond of greyhounds, Mark. I remember when we moved into my granddad's house uh, down there opposite the showgrounds, that out in the back under a lean-to, kind of a shed with a galvanized roof on it, there were a, a stack about four feet high, three feet deep, and maybe five or six feet wide, a stack of greyhound pedigree books, going back to greyhounds for 100 or 200 years. No way. Yep.
0: Oh my god. That was
1: a typical, you know, Clambell, of course, as you know well, is still very fond of the greyhounds.
0: Mm. Back in its day, was it the only printers in town, or one of the only printers in town?
1: Uh, Well, it it wasn't the only one. I mean, different printers did different things, of course. The Nationalists, as well as printing the Nationalists, I think they did other printing jobs as well. And then there was one I think called Sureprint. Uh, They were maybe more a a later arrival, but Certainly, Slater Brothers, in terms of commercial printing yeah. know, and doing invoices for boomers and and the factories around town, and doing uh, programs for uh, racing around the country, because my granddad was well connected around the country, so he used to make connections that would lead to jobs. So they were definitely one of the better-known printers of Clonmel and the area, yeah? and even in Munster.
0: I do remember for many, for many, many years being in in Clonmel. Even when you know we used to come over on holidays, you'd always pass Slater's printers on the Davis Road as you head into. Towards Father Matthew Terrace there, you know?
1: That's right. That's exactly where it was. Yeah, kind of a a a mustardy yellow colour.
0: That's right. Yes, it was. Now, I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, do you have a favourite part of Clonmel, Paddy?
1: Oh, I have so many favourites, Mark. It's tough to choose. i I just mentioned a couple of quick places before I I hone in on my favourite. Of course. I'd have to say, again, the, the backfield. Uh, because of my dad's involvement in reconstituting it into a playable area, uh, we spent so many wonderful afternoons after school playing there. And then I'd have to mention Hillview. Re- you know, recently, you we were interviewing Seamus Doherty uh, up on Hillview, and I have so many fond memories of playing countless games of pitch and putt uh, and, indeed, tennis. My younger sister, Siobhan, who was a decent tennis player, and my cousin, Cyril Murphy, uh, who would be Michael Murphy's older brother, who was a, a very fine tennis player, along with Eddie Fox. Uh, so those are lovely memories. But if I had to choose one, Mark, I would have to say St. Patrick's Well, just because of the, the sheer holiness of the place. I, I wouldn't consider myself, I wouldn't want to pretend at all to be a holy man or a religious man. But I love a quiet pastoral setting and you couldn't find a more perfect place. In fact, my sister Nollig sent me years ago, Mark, a beautiful car. I'm looking at it right now uh, of St. Patrick's Day. I'd say it's in late November. Uh, there's a lovely fog rising off the water. And it just brings me right back there to the, the tranquility of the place, the stillness of it, the beautiful crystal clear water, uh, the, the old church. Uh, I love just the steps you go down that hill to get into it as you come in the, the creaky gate. Uh, I've got to tell you one fond story, if I may, Mark. Years ago, when I was back visiting Clon Mill, mm. I headed out there as I usually do. and I, I had the place to myself for about maybe half an hour. And down the steps comes this man with two dogs, and he comes over towards me. And of course, I recognized him right away because there's certain families you can recognize him just as we used to say in Clement, look at the head on him. <laughs> and this man definitely, <laughs> he definitely, yeah, he definitely had the head of a Ryan. So I, we got chatting and I said, you know, I think I'm going to surprise you now. So I said, you're definitely one of the Ryans, aren't you? And he looked at me and he said, yeah. But well, what really surprised me now, Mark, is that I remember I've been away for close, at this stage, I'd say it was close on 35 years or thereabouts. He looked right back at me and he said, and I'd say you're one of the Slaters.
0: No way. I, I
1: just thought, you know, it's it's great you can go back to your town and that, that you have that kind of immediate connection and remember families. Both families, again, would have been in Clonmel for for centuries.
0: That's a lovely story. So St Patrick's Well would be your ultimate place, really, for Clonmel, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, if I
1: if I remember correctly, Mark, there used to be a, a procession out there uh, in the old days, and I used to love that. And that maybe what was probably introduced me to it, and that would have been maybe a slightly more religious thing. But then years later, I'd go out there, I'd bike out there, or I'd walk out there, and then I get into running for a while. I remember going out with my nephew Orn Grace, who, who turned out to be a decent rugby player for Munster. Uh, he he he, when he was a nine or ten year old, uh, got on his mountain bike and says, "Come on, I'll, I'll bring you on a on a on a route." So out we go, and of course, before we went there, we went up half the half the comers, So. He had me worn out, but by the time we got out to by the time we got out to St. Patrick's Well, we were well and well and dusted, done and dusted. So in we went for a good drink, and that was a, a, a lovely, <laughs> another, again a lovely, another lovely memory of connecting with a nephew and being out there. That was a Christmas around Christmas time. In fact, two days later, Arthur Deedy, God bless him. Um, he, he was organizing a four-mile road race. I think it still happens around clammel on, on St. Stephen's Day. Mm. And, I, of course, my legs were dead at this stage because I'd run 13 miles a day before Christmas, and I wasn't planning on running anything, at least of all after gorging yourself on Christmas Day. The family cajoled me anyhow. So out I went to run on St. Saint, Saint Stephen's Day, and we ran around the, the, mi- the two-mile bridge down by Ferry House and back around. We didn't go near St. Patrick's Day that day, but I still had the tired legs in me from running out well beyond St. Patrick's and, and back around again.
0: Did you get to come home often at all? I know, obviously, pre-Coronavirus.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, before the Coronavirus, I, I'd be back maybe on average about every three years. But then now and again, if there'd be a wedding or, or, or occasionally, uh, unfortunately, a funeral, I'd be back more often. But unfortunately now, because of COVID, I had full plans to go back the last couple of years, but in both cases got compromised. So I'm I'm actually dying to get back there right now because of so many families and friends to visit and it's just been too long so uh, now I'm, I'm now close on four years so yeah definitely overdue a visit.
0: Do you always take something from maybe Clonmel home with you when you come over Paddy? I do
1: in fact you know, that the, the house is, is decorated with pictures and Celtic crosses and I'm, 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 I'm a, typical, <laughs> a typical Tipperary stone thrower uh, Mark, and that any place I go, and it doesn't have to be Tipperary, mm. whether it's a beach in Mexico or, or Tremor or wherever it is, I pick up stones of curious shapes and sizes and textures and gather them. So I always bring back a few stones as well. And and again, the house, there isn't a surface in the house that you can dust without lifting a few stones.
0: And would you bring anything that maybe you, you like to eat here, grinder bread or yeah. something like that? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I owe my, my, my sister in law, Mary, makes a lovely uh, Irish soda bread. So I'll bring that back occasionally. And then occasionally, when I, if I go to a market in either Dungarvan or Clonmel, I'll pick up some blackcurrant jam because it's hard to find good blackcurrant jam. And especially what you can't find here, Mark, you cannot find good gooseberry jam. So I'll definitely pick up some gooseberry jam. Uh, but now things have changed here, although we still don't have the gooseberry jam. But there are a couple of places here, young, enterprising lads from Ireland who've come over and they've started importing uh, goods from Ireland. And so whether it's chocolate macados or Tato's <laughs> or your favourite Fanta drink, they're all coming over in droves.
0: Well, you should try O'Donnell Crisp now. They're only out the road there in Kilsheiland. They, they make lovely crisps here now.
1: Oh, is that very right? good? Well, that's a mm. good tip. Thank you. I'll Look out for
0: those, those O'Donnells. Now, I believe you write some fabulous poetry, and we're about to hear one, are we? I'd like,
1: yeah, thank you, Mark, and thank you very much for the original interest that you showed in it, mm. uh, you know, I I mostly keep it to myself, uh, so it's, it's a delight. I'm, I'm going to have to move the iPad away. I hope you can still hear me clearly.
0: Can do. Yeah, perfect.
1: If I may tell you just briefly, uh, the background to this poem, i like try to keep it brief. Uh, a famous poem written about Dungarvan well, uh, that featured the, the the refrain in the last line of each verse, Dungarvan in the rain, was written by John Betchman. Now, I didn't know this poem very well at all. I have to confess, uh, Mark, but... It's straight across my iPad for some reason there recently. And I put it away quickly because I didn't want to be too influenced by anything else, because sometimes it's easy to be influenced by another writer. But I love the idea of a refrain continued or repeated in each last line of each verse. So I got thinking about the West Gate for some reason, and the words beyond the West Gate of Clonmel came to me. And then I got thinking about how I met my sweetheart at, at a cafe. And lo and behold, in the strange way that a poet's mind can work, didn't that lead me to Hickey's Café, Beyond the West Gate of Clonmel? And that's what led to this poem.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: Okay, thank you, Mark. Beyond the West Gate of Clonmel. From Slevenhamon she descended, when St. Mary's bells had tolled, then and there my life upended, by a fairy clothed in gold. A capital affair, they say, when first I met sweet Annabelle as she entered Hickey's Cafe beyond the Westgate of Clonmel. Blonde locks billowing in the breeze, the locals taunted, mesmerized as she passed neath Westgate's frieze. I gazed into her haunting eyes, those eyes so full of gentleness, no malice could I tell, just there to lure my soft caress beyond the west gate of Clonmel. Little did I think that day, as I sipped my cappuccino, the gods might create one so fey, una creazione divina. Then she spoke in sultry tones, a silence on that cafe fell, an Irish town of spellbound clones, beyond the west gate of Clanmel, Only Hickey's famed farm Brack taste quite as divine as Annabelle's luscious lips so gently pressed to mine. Her perfume was not of this earth. No bass notes could I smell as I fell deep into a mirth beyond the west gate of Clanmel. Her tales of a Fionn Don Juan so precise it dawned on me. She too had raced up Svivna a maiden of the other world was she. But Fionn ne'er told her of the shortcut, on Shiguna's rocks she fell, ever since condemned to strut beyond the west gate of Clanmel. Cheating Gronya won the race, but Fionn, he was complicit, yet I am in a happy place for Annabelle was free to visit. Though her tears fall to this day and fill St. Patrick's well, perhaps today she'll find true love beyond the west gate of Clonnell. So I tried to softly soothe her, when upon her came a distant air, as if her fairy sisters wooed her, come back to our mountain lair. Like kettle steam, she evaporated. A dark despair upon me fell. Now I'm left wandering, ill-fated, way beyond the west gate of Clonnell.
0: Wow. Paddy, that is amazing. And can I say, very well read too.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. I had a lot of fun with that. And, you know, it's nice to be able to create these things that keep alive the connection to a town I love so well.
0: It's been a pleasure having you on the Clonmel podcast this week for Clonmel's Wild Geese. Paddy Slater, thank you so much. And listen, look after yourself in Vancouver. And we hope to see you back home in Clonmel very soon.
1: It's been my pleasure and my privilege, Mark. Thank you very much. And indeed, I hope to see you soon, and we'll definitely make that trip to the wilderness.
0: We certainly will. We'll swing off cross on the old swamp there, Paddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will indeed. Sloan go forward, of the
0: Uh Thanks, Paddy. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. The More Podcast. Thank you, Paddy. So there we have it, episode 50 of the Clonmel podcast done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. That really does mean a lot. If you'd like to get in contact, I'd love to hear from you. You can email the Podcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com, where you'll also find every single episode of the Clonmel podcast. Here's a trivia question for you. Who was my first guest on the Clonmel podcast? I'll tell you next week. Until then, stay safe, look after one another, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by Western Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.